Witchy and Weird. I'm here with a long-awaited, amazing person, <laughs> um, Melinda Lim. She is the legal witch, and she can help you with like literally what can't she help you with? But like <laughs> she can help you with legal witchy things and shadow work, decolonization. She has this like really beautiful way of like melding everything together and making it feel safe and make sense for you so you can like be your best like badass witch hi melinda (laughs) hello amanda hello witchy and weird people so excited to be in this little coven container yeah so i'm excited to bring you on um you know the listeners probably won't know this but like we are like good internet friends (laughs) yeah we are good internet friends i can't wait for the day we get to be irl friends yes that's gonna be magical oh my god i need to come out to la (laughs) you're like can you just like host me in la please (laughs) (laughs) yes 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 you and your pup yes uh But I, I'm really excited to have you on because your perspective about shadow work and decolonization is really, I think it's like really important and obviously it's important, but like, and I, I just like the way that you describe things and you lay it out. I feel like that's kind of like with your ruler archetype that you have, it's like very supportive, very structure-based and like. It, it makes sense why you help people with legal stuff, right? Like that's stuff that oh, we yeah. need structure and support. In. <laughs> it could not be more. It's so funny. Like I didn't actually think I was a ruler architect <laughs> for a while. And then when I realized it, I was like, oh, I guess this like makes like literally laws are rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it should be more obvious to people. But yeah, I definitely feel like I occupy a space of the quote unquote, like left brain things that can feel sticky or just like not natural I mean like I especially for creative people um it can feel a space where you don't feel empowered um and also a space where and it's not your fault you don't feel that way right like like laws were written mostly by white cis hetero men that were really rich um and even going back to like school right if you were a little because I know you do inner child work like maybe you were really you weren't good at school like quote-unquote good right like based on this like standard that keeps out people who are neurodivergent and like different learners and things um and I feel like I occupy a space where with my ruler archetype I'm like this is the kingdom where you get to feel supported you get to feel empowered in these spaces where you felt like you have no power Um, So yeah, that's kind of like my little spiel of where I exist on the internet. (laughs) Yes, I love that. So I know you've had kind of like a journey to get to where you are. So I want to talk about like, maybe like your roots, like you started in like shadow work and tarot. How, how do you like um, incorporate that into your business? Like, how do you approach shadow work? What's your like opinion or point of view about this um, that you love to help people with? Yeah, I think so. I've been definitely on like an underworld shadow work journey for several years. Um, I feel like I was in healing spaces that were predominantly like white cis women, um, which for like as a person of color and as someone like, and for people I know who are part of the queer community, like that can feel really violent of a space in a lot of ways. 
Um, so it's like going through my own healing, but was coming up against things where I was like, this doesn't feel right. Like it doesn't feel right. Cause in those spaces, predominantly what I was finding was like a lot of gaslighting around like, well, we're just not going to look at the world. Like, we're not going to look at the structures that are in place. And like, we're going to say that like your lack mentality is something that you can heal, which I do believe you can heal your lack mentality, but like your lack mentality is not your fault, right? Like we live and are currently in post-colonial late stage capitalism world where like lack is what feeds capitalism, right? Like, I mean, that's like part of it, right? And I, I just didn't feel like this was like the kind, I didn't feel like I could fully heal. Cause like, I can't have blinders on as a, as a person who is oppressed. And so my approach to shadow work is to not victim blame, which I feel like a lot of those spaces do, whether they're conscious of it or not. Right. Like, I feel like particularly like white cis hetero people don't, don't realize that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a lot of times, which doesn't mean that it's like, it isn't like I don't want to ever think like people are necessarily like malicious, even though their actions are like harmful. But that's even why I feel like it's more dangerous because like people just say things and they can be like hurtful. And so for me, whenever I work, I feel like I mean, most of my, all of my shadow work clients have been part of the BIPOC community. I think that's for a reason. It's because <laughs> I talk about <laughs> I talk about shadow work in a way where I'm like, I don't want to blame you, but I do also want to heal you, which I think is probably related to with your like inner child work, right? Like you didn't deserve all of the things that happened to you. Um, but you also still get to be empowered in this space. Like, I feel like I see this a lot of times with money, right? Like only a certain group of people has ever felt really empowered by money. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is a space where despite that, like you get to take your power back and we get to like unearth and, and heal like those wounds. And I, I feel like creating a safe container where you're not being gaslit, where you're not wondering if something's wrong with you because nothing is wrong with you is kind of my whole approach to shadow work. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm, I, when I started learning, I was learning from like white cis hetero women. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, yeah, they weren't intentionally trying to like, say like you create this reality, like you're the problem. But I feel like for people who go through like trauma, um, our ego like doesn't have the appropriate like coping mechanisms. And so when somebody tells us like, oh, well, the problem why you're not expanding in your business is because you just need to heal like your money mindset. Like you're the one who's stopping it. Then like your ego, like, you know, it's like, oh, okay. So I understand that there's work here and you're pointing out that there's work here to do, which is great. But like the other part that I found was like, then my ego would create all these new like, rules and like limitations for myself saying like oh you're the reason why you're holding yourself back you're never going to be healed you're never going to you know like because we we always hear like at the same time as it's like just heal this we hear like healing is a lifelong journey and then you like all of that stuff like gets mixed together and it's like how do I know what's real how do I know what's not real right and it doesn't feel empowering anymore to do your own inner work right and then like right like worst case scenario you don't do anymore because it's like why would you Right. And I think like, there is this weird that I've been thinking about this, like this strange hyper individualism Mm -hmm. that happens where it's like, oh, I'm the cause of all my issues and I have to heal all my issues and I don't need other things where I, I just 
like historically that's like not the way it has worked right mm -hmm. like I feel like colonialism like white supremacy west the western view of things is very very hyper independent mm -hmm. when like actually like the flip side of that would be like we're all in community and we all have sets of skills and gifts to give each other and we all support each other like that's what would actually work <laughs> and be the thing and I think like we carry this burden like you were saying where it's like oh well now I just I can't fully be me unless I'm fully healed but like you're we're, we're continually being oppressed yeah. so I don't know how we like we can't we can't like blow up the system today <laughs> so we're trying to right we're on a revolutionary road of doing that but like it feels really disempowering to be like you just have to heal like your money garbage I'm like okay but I'm gonna continue to experience money garbage for the rest of my life <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah I think that it's I think for a lot of people they don't hear that they don't get that permission that's why it's like really beautiful that you create like these spaces for people who like have never heard that like you're not the problem like we can heal this together in community mm -hmm. like it's really the system that is against you it's not yourself against you because even for people who experience like a lot of trauma like a side effect is hyper individualism like right just like okay I have to do everything on my own because I was never supported as a child like I see that a lot in my work and then if you go into another like type of mentorship like healing space where somebody's like telling you the same thing then you're like oh I'm further agreeing or like perpetuating that I'm the problem so I agree right. like, we're here like one client at a time one podcast at a time yeah <laughs> one foot in front of the other yeah. and like yeah and we're constantly like shedding I think that there can be like this weird no I keep saying weird but I mean like there's there's this thing that doesn't align where it's like like it's a goal post like healing is like a finish line of some kind and I think what we're actually trying to do is we're just trying to shed the layers that don't work for us like as we're in this timeline and as you jump timelines and as you like continue to move forward problems will present themselves in different ways that doesn't mean you're not worthy I feel like we make healing and wounds mean something like about our value yeah and I don't, I feel like there, it lacks, I think in like quote unquote wellness spaces, like it, it's such an easy package to say that, but that also is like in and of itself, not true. And also not empowering for people because people are going to constantly feel like they haven't made progress when actually they have. Right. Yeah. yeah and I think that that kind of goes along with like the work that you've done where it's like for business people or people who have goals about what they want their life to look like a lot of people will sell them like wellness, like, oh, you just need to heal to achieve your goal. And so it kind of like takes out like the beauty of, like you said, the process of healing, the opportunity of healing, the magic of healing. So like, I'm curious to know like what your thoughts are about that. Like, especially you help people with like their business stuff um, yeah. and like maybe any like advice or insight you have around that. Yeah, I think like, you know, I feel like sometimes what I see is there is like this worry or restraint on moving forward. I feel like it comes down to perfectionism a lot of times where people like don't want to take steps forward in certain areas of their life because they're like, well, I don't want to like mess it up mm -hmm. and I don't want to do something like forward. But I kind of feel like I approach healing like you were saying like as like one step forward and to kind of like and congratulate yourself for the things that you've done. <laughs> as you keep going, like we don't, I feel like a lot of times we don't celebrate 
our wins and we have to remember I mean, it's retrograde season right now. So it's probably a perfect time to like think about things like this, but you know, like you're not with that toxic ex anymore. Like, congratulations, babe. Like, that's great. Like, that's a thing that like you should celebrate. I think with, when it comes to people's businesses, I think something that I want to stress more is like done is better than perfect. I think a lot of people get into their heads like, oh, if I don't have like the legal side of my business, like fully tied up in a bow and like all these things. And like, I have, I have to spend a lot of money and I have to do all these things that like, I can't do right now. They're not going to do it until they're there. So it's like what you were saying where like, oh, I can't, I can't make a lot of money until my money mindset's fully healed. Like it's, it's mirroring each other when in actuality, like even tiny steps to protect your business are better than nothing. I mean, doing anything small is better than nothing. And I think there is a resistance based on the fact that like the business part of like the legal side or anything that's quote unquote, like left brain, like, like accounting taxes, like all that kind of stuff. There's just resistance there because it's opaque. And it also feels like a space where a lot of your own past can come up. Like I I'm not great at bookkeeping. I was really bad at math in school. There's no shock there, right? Like there's no shock with how those are tied. But I think like, I like to think of if you're, if you're a business owner and you are feel like resistant or sticky around the legal side of your business, you're healing your shadow by like paying attention to that area and feeling empowered by it. Right. Like you as a business owner, are, you should feel empowered in all areas of your business, whether you, you know, like several, like at the next stage, you outsource it, right. You hire a bookkeeper, you hire an accountant, you do all these things. Like, of course, that's part of your journey, but like, you should know what's going on in your books. You should know these things and you should feel good and powerful in all of those areas. And I think you can do real shadow work by like addressing those parts that you don't want to, that you're avoiding, that you're avoiding to look at. So I kind of think of them as, yeah, like they can be interrelated. It's weird to think of like legal work as shadow work, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was seeing like a few things, but like one thing that came up that you were talking about is like just doing the work, even if you're like not doing it perfectly. Like I was reminded of like those famous things that we hear in the news where it's like, I can't remember the name, but it's like these people that were like scamming, like, you know, like the market crash in the early 2000s or oh, whatever. Yeah. Like they were scamming people out of thousands of dollars so that they can like have their best life. And like, they didn't like none of anything that they were doing was by the book. None of it was perfect. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they were just like, I'm going to do this. And so I know it's like, like a shitty example, right? Like I'm no. not encouraging people to do that, but it's kind of showing like the, the end of the spectrum and like, there's people out here who like, just don't care about any of those rules who empower themselves, who are just like, I'm going to take whatever I want. And I think like, because the idea that, like you said in the beginning, which is kind of like where the decolonization comes in, it's like, that's a space that's like created by white men, rich white men, like for rich white men, like it can feel intimidating and daunting to like be in that space and to take charge in that, in that space, especially like if you have your own personal like trauma and money stuff that yeah. you're like, oh, I don't belong here. I don't know what I'm doing. I I'm never going to succeed in this. And then like seeing like these larger stories of like white men are rich and famous. Another white man is rich and famous. It's oh like, my God. Oh right. My God. Fortune 500 list, all <laughs> white men. I mean, right. Like I think the top three men that have, or the top three people that are the richest people in the world are like white men, like white yeah. men. Right. Um, I like to think, and this is kind of an aside, but like related to what you're saying, 
whenever I can get into my own like money stories, like my, my like big money story that I constantly am like healing (laughs) is um, like, there will never be enough. Mm. Like, like that's like a big thing that I, um, that's always the anxiety that comes up. It's like, the, it's the tale as old as time for me <laughs> in terms of my money stuff. And whenever that comes up, one thing I try to remind myself of, and this is probably useful for anyone here who's listening, who's trying to work through their money stuff too. Um, I try to, I remind myself of how many like shitty things there are in Netflix that got made, right? Like mm-hmm. millions of dollars or even like the shitty, like the things like there are pilot episodes that are made in Hollywood that never go to air, right? They're just like, we're just going to see what this looks like. (laughs) And they hire a bunch of people and they like spend all this money and it never even like goes to like make back their return on that investment. And so I just remind myself of like, there's so much money out there and like there are people that are not concerned. And so like, why am I making money mean something to me right now? Like, why am I having this Like, what is this like wound trying to tell me and trying to remember, like, there's, there's a lot out there, like, and there's a lot of shit again, like, right. How many shitty things on Netflix are there? (laughs) Like people don't want to watch. So it's just a small space that I like to be in. Like, it's a small way of reminding myself that like, there's more than enough for everyone. Um, yeah, just a tiny little, tiny little tidbit from me. If anyone wants to use that, if you ever go through black mentality, just remember how many shitty things does Netflix try to get you to watch every day? <laughs> yeah, no, there's like two things that you said that I want to like reiterate. You were saying yeah. whenever this lack mentality comes up, like it's a tale as old as time. I think like even having that perspective, like coming from spaces where it's like, you just need to heal this in order to progress, in order to expand or achieve whatever goal you want or be happy or whatever. Like how you acknowledge like this, I'm working on it and I'll have like wins, but it might also still be here for the rest of my life. And I'm like, okay with recognizing that. And I'm okay with like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be here. Like, I feel like that takes a lot of the pressure to just say like, it's cool. Like I'm going to be working on this for a long time. So I don't need to stress so much about having it like done or Mm -hmm. doing these other things first. Like I'll deal with it. Like when it comes up, when I'm ready to, and it's not going to like stop me, like it takes away a lot of the power from it. And I think that goes with the other part that you were talking about was like, you know, like there's money everywhere. Like people make shitty stuff. Constantly. (laughs) I think that, yeah. And it's like, uh, it's, it's a really, I don't know. I think it's like really expansive and like uh, refreshing. And sometimes we just need like that permission to like think of things that way where it's like, oh, okay. So I don't need to like put so much pressure. And I like that you said like, um, like, what is this wound like bringing up? Like, instead of like focusing on like the fear or the trigger or the trauma response that's coming up, you're like, what is it teaching me? Like, what is like the thing I can learn from this? I think that also can remove a lot of the like pressure for people. It's like, don't focus on how you're feeling the lack and how you're worrying and what you can do like to get out, you know, like we get caught in those cycles. Focus on like, why is it coming up? Like, what can I learn from it? What new growth could I have? How can I expand? Like that, like, I feel like people get too focused, like hyper-focused on like fixing the thing instead of the experience of it or like the progress. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's something that happens where like, I'm a firm believer in like your shadow just has lessons to teach you about your own healing. Like it isn't, it will be there, right? It's the same with like your ego, right? Like your ego is here because it wants to protect you. And like, again, like your ego has things to tell you. Um, 
they don't need to drive the car. They <laughs> don't need to be the one in the driver's seat. Um, I'm a big believer, like your soul should be the one that's in the driver's seat. And, you know, just taking input from like everybody else that's in the car with you, your inner child, like your guides, like all of the people, all of the entities that are there. Um, and to know that they all they, they have a space and they have value. And like, like, I don't ever really like the idea of, when people are like, oh, like your shadow is this like deep, dark underworld, terrible thing we're trying to get rid of. And I'm like, no, like that's not how you want to treat, like that's not how you would want someone to speak to you if you were in pain, right? Like you don't want, like your wounds should not be like treated as something that's like, I feel like there's this tendency to, for people to be like, oh, just cut off your shadow. Like just like, right, this weird, like violent tendency. Um, and that's not like true integration to me, right? Like true integration is like listening to what your wounds have to say. Um, and to like also make it not mean anything. Like that's something I've been trying to work on, right? Is like, oh, well maybe I'm not making the money I want right now. Or maybe I'm not on the relationship I want to be in right now, but that should not mean something about my own worth. Like mm -hmm. let, let me not use that as like a marker of, this is what it means for where I am in my life right now. Like I'm not good enough or I'm not working hard enough or I'm not lovable enough or whatever those things that come up. They're just the situation. They're just the circumstance. It doesn't mean anything, right? Like, I think that's something I'm trying to like integrate more of. Cause I can, I can't, I think we all can, right? Like, like, and I think society has taught us that, right? Like, oh, if you make a six figure salary, that must mean that you're a quote unquote professional and you've got all your shit together, et cetera, et cetera. And to kind of like, divorce that from identity I think is really important yeah I think that's very like anti-capitalist and decolonial right like as yeah. you're talking about that I'm just reminded of all the ways that society like judges us on our productivity or our track record right like mm -hmm. whenever somebody is like in the news for something or arrested or whatever they look they're like this person has three priors so they must be a shitty oh, yeah. person you know like or even like when you're getting hired, it's like, if you were convicted of something, like they won't hire you because you must be evil or something. And like, even the productivity, like you were saying, like, if you, if you make hundreds of thousands of dollars and everyone should listen to you because you clearly right. are the smartest person in the world and you have your shit together. It's <laughs> right. Right. These types of like measures that we hear and we're like trained through like capitalism and like even in school, if you get an A, you're a good student, you know, like, right. Or if you never went, if you have a clean record where you never got suspended or you never had detention in school, like you're a model student, right? Yeah. Like these weird markers of like, what is valuable because then at the same, like for me, it's like, well, then we don't believe that people can change or transform. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. which isn't actually true. Like, <laughs> we're not like I I feel like as an adult I would be like oh that person like had no growth like I feel like I'd be like oh, I don't know about him yeah, they were just like born perfect out of the womb like that's weird right right like are we not and I think it's like a I do think yeah like I think especially I was thinking when you were talking about like our productivity like especially with like people's money shadow right like the idea of oh, I have to work really hard, like hustle culture, like grind culture, that the only way you can ever like get anywhere or make money is like blood, sweat and tears and like how that's been used against people, right? Like, especially in toxic workspaces where it's like, well, just, you know, you've just got to like cut your teeth. You've just got to go through this in order to like earn it. And the idea that like we have to 
earn a spot. And in some spaces, like it has to hurt to earn a spot like that to me, right. Is like, nothing is more capitalist than like suffering for money. Yeah. Like you have to (laughs) sacrifice, like, do you want to be like happy or do you want to have money? It's like, right. No, none of this. I want to not be in this. (laughs) I don't want to be in this space where I have to make that choice. Yeah, I think this is like a good pivot for like the decolonization part. Like, so how would, how do you like approach that in shadow work or like in your teachings? Cause like a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, it's like pointing out like, oh, this is like capitalism. This is colonization, which in my opinion are kind of like the same. The same. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Definitely the same. Um, I mean, I think it first starts with like awareness, right? Mm-hmm. And awareness of like the systems that we are under. And one thing I always like come to any of my sessions with, with like shadow work clients is like, this is a space for nuance. And this is a space for like, we are not going to act as if you did not absorb a lot of things that were around you for like your entire life. Right. Like, and so, and to understand that like accountability is a really big part. Right. So as an example, I use all the time, I'm like, okay, like if there's all, I feel like in, in wellness spaces, there's this idea like, oh, you attracted bad circumstances because like of some unhealed shadowy part of you, right? Like you're, you just don't feel worthy. So therefore like bad things are happening to you. Um, and I always remind people, I'm like, you did not attract like at your, at your job. If you're someone who like works like a nine to five job and some like, dude, let's call him Chad apologies to anyone named Chad who's listening to this. Um, but like, let's say Chad says something like just outright racist or like outright, like transphobic, outright, like homophobic. You did not attract that. Like, that's not something you attracted. Like he is a problem and like his views are a problem. And so to every situation in which someone has felt disempowered to make sure we dig into that and remind people like that's not your fault like are there certain things where you can heal right like for example like my own lack mentality around money my own like money stories there are times where like as a business owner right like I think I maybe I was just saying this earlier today like if I was selling something in my business because I was so worried about money and it's just something that like, I don't really believe in, I don't really want to be selling. I don't think it's actually like in service to my community, but I'm just selling it because I like need the money. Um, then that's for me would be like my own money stories of like, Oh, this is not enough. And that's not a space I want to be in. Right. And like, I like healing that is one thing. And that that's my own, stuff that's my own wounds like those are there are actions I can take to heal that that's different from if someone comes to you and they do something that's like outright discriminatory right and that can be on different levels right like if it's a microaggression I mean it's still I don't I don't think that there are any such things as like microaggressions but like I understand like why some things are like micro versus macro um and so to always come to the table and remind people that like you didn't deserve any of those things because there are so many structures in place that subconsciously will tell you, you did deserve it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like just based on standards, right. Like what a, like, like beauty standards, for example, right. Like things like that, or things that are like outright, like, um, ableist, mm-hmm. like in that way. And so 
for me, decolonizing shadow work is to always put through a lens of like, is this actually your own money narrative or whatever narrative you have in your brain? How did the systems of oppression contribute to that narrative? And like, what are the experiences you're having right now? And what feels like an empowered step for you? Not an empowered step for like whoever, right? Because like everyone has a different experience with different things. And depending on like your, how much privilege you have, you're going to have like a different view of what feels powerful to you. Um, so yeah, I think it's all about, I mean, awareness, I guess in one word is just really where to start. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I, there's like a few things that stuck out, like the example of like, you didn't attract like racism or homophobia, like, and using your other example of like in your business, you might be doing it out of lack. That for, for me was really confusing for a long time of like trying to understand like, where's the line between what I'm attracting mm-hmm. and what I'm not. But I love in your example, it's like, it's inter if it's something that I internally did where it's like, I'm choosing to do this program because I just feel like I need money and I'm not really in it versus like an external force is like being racist or transphobic or homophobic to me. Like I didn't choose that. Like I'm not doing, it's not something I did out of my own volition or my own body or my own words or whatever. It's like, it's something else outside of me. So I think like, that's something I just wanted to point out maybe for people who are like, okay, so where's the line from like what I'm attracting and what I'm not attracting. Right. 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 I feel like maybe even just shifting the term, it's like, you're not attracting, it's like you're creating it. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. because if that's something you chose to offer in your business, like you're creating that you're, you're choosing to make that you didn't create that interaction between that Mm -hmm. Chad guy. Like you didn't. Right. Right. No, (laughs) no, exactly. Yeah. I like that distinction. And like, I like the the other stuff that you were talking about is like recognizing like the systems that we have in place. Cause like, even on like a psychological level, like with my clients, we talk about like inner child, but we also incorporate like ego and shadow and other pieces of ourselves. And that's also like a coping mechanism or a trauma response is like, if the ego doesn't have a place to place the blame, like if, if someone was like racist to you, Um, if you can't like place the blame on the person who inflicted that on you, then your ego will like internalize that. Like you said, like, Mm -hmm. it'll be like, oh, I must have done something wrong. Like there, I must've spoken out of turn or looked at him a different way or whatever. Like, that's something that if we're not taught to empower ourselves and not taught, like, that's not how it should be. Then we, then we internalize that. And then when you take like the societal stuff that you were mentioning, where it's like, we're, we're like the one that came to mind when you were talking about this was like, um, when, uh, and I want to say like content warning, I'm just going to mention the word like rape, but like when women are raped, like they always say like, what were you wearing? What did you say to them? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, we always hear stuff like that from society. That's like, what did you do to provoke this person? What did you do that was wrong? That got this, like the people don't have to be responsible for their actions. Like I'm responsible for everything that happens to me. And I feel like I love that you're like, no, <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, cause I think like the people that have said that, right. The people who were like, oh, you know, you've got to level up your worthiness. You've got to heal your wounds or you're going to keep like attracting these things. Those people do not walk through the world in a situation where they're confronted with violence all of the time. Right. And I don't even mean like 
violence, like, like physical violence. I also mean, right. Like, like language can be really violent. Mm -hmm. Like language is like the first level of violence, right? Like I learned about this with, um, Kenny, the astrologer, like the, the pyramid of violence, um, which I've not yet Googled, but like, there is like a pyramid of violence and the first layer is language. And when like, for example, if you, you know, repeatedly misgender someone mm -hmm. that's violent. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I do feel like the people who, who have like overly simplified the idea of like, of energy and, and like things like that, they've, they don't, they haven't been faced with situations where that happens to them every day, mm -hmm. or even just like, like a couple, like one, like once a week, like, like things like that. Like they don't, they're not confronted with that. And they're not confronted with the fact that like their, like their existence is like, they can just be in situations that are dangerous, right. Mm -hmm. For them based on, based on no inaction, right. Like just existing in the world. Um, and so, you know, I also think that part of like decolonizing, like, like healing is also like looking at your teachers mm -hmm. and being really aware. And like, I think I did like a story about this, like a, maybe like a month ago or so, where I was like, like, if your spiritual teachers are not talking about oppression, then like, they're not it mm -hmm. because like, it is not spiritual to like, see all of the pain and the hurt in the world and like try to ascend above it and not address it. Like, I don't get that. Like, I don't understand the point of being spiritual if it's not to be in community with people. Yeah. Like, I literally don't get that. Um, and I feel like it also only serves a certain amount, a certain group of people because a lot of people are continually harmed by oppression and whether that's like racism, whether that's transphobia, whether that's like ableism, like all of the things. Um, and I just, yeah, I don't trust you if you're not talking about it. <laughs> That's just me. But I think like as a filter for people, you know, particularly if you are someone who comes from a group that has been historically marginalized, like if you see people out here and their stories and they're talking about love and light and they're not talking about like, you know, all of the destruction in the world, then maybe take a second look. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, I just saw this visual of like, if you do learn from people like that, like they're your mentor and they're like, let's ascend past this. It's mm. like, then you hear all these things that we were just talking about and you have all these extra traumas, extra things, like different perspective than them, different, you're different, like, you know, race, even like you're going to experience the world differently. Then they're going to be like ascending and like, you're going to be still here. And Down there. We don't want to, like, yeah. Yeah. Cause you're they're like, not bringing you with them. Yeah. They're like, just fix yourself and then you can ascend. And it's like, well, like, the stuff that you're teaching me is from like a different perspective. It's a white perspective. Like, like you said, yeah. people who aren't marginalized perspective, like then you're going to be trying to like do that and you can't like get all the way up there. You won't be able to ascend. And then it's just like all the like stuff is still here. And these few white people are just like floating up. Like I just saw this weird vision. <laughs> that's really funny. I mean, that's a funny thing that you just channeled. Um, yeah. And I feel like, right. The actual spiritual work is to break down the structures that keep people mm -hmm. down. That's actually revolutionary. Mm -hmm. And that's not what people, I feel like what people, again, when I say people, I feel like, I mean, like white, like white, very white wellness spaces. They're just selling you something that's more of a band-aid and also like not an actual spiritual journey that you want to be on or I mean not well, I'm who am I to decide what you want but like it to me it doesn't feel fulfilling because like 
it, what, it, what does it matter if I'm like up here and healed? If like all the people I care about are down here, you know what I mean? Like, like that's how I feel like about it. And I don't really, I don't know. There just seems to be like this disconnect where, and I, I think there's also like a, it's also just like a very surface layer where it's like, you know, carry rose quartz and you'll find your husband. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, open your books. Now to step 95. Okay. You're free. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. I really like that. Like, I think that it is important to acknowledge, like having awareness of yourself, like you said, and then acknowledging like who you're learning from, who you're absorbing knowledge from, because yeah, like not like, I wouldn't claim to be like a BIPOC, like healer mentor, you know, like I, as much as I want to understand the experience, I never will fully understand the experience. I think like, if people don't acknowledge, like, I think it's really important, like as a mentor leader in this space, if you don't acknowledge like your perspective and where you're coming from, like, you can't serve the community. Like, I I like that you're talking about like spirituality is community. And it, it reminds me of like, definitely going back to colonialism right like I just keep seeing like the timeline even just here in America of like white people came they like genocided murdered like all the native people here and then they like made them like assimilate and convert and like their religion illegal and their culture illegal and then they like picked pieces of it and then they started like adopting it and teaching it so it makes sense that it's like if you're in like, especially like new agey spaces that it's not going to make sense. It's not going to connect for you. It's not like community oriented. Cause it's like, they picked pieces of what they resonated with, of what they understood from like the outsider point of view of the culture. And then now they're trying to like, m- like fit it together and make it into like spirituality or into like their like thing. So it's like, you're missing like how you're saying the big pieces of like community, like this like deeper healing like it just I just keep seeing all these visuals so (laughs) for me no I love that I love that yeah so it makes sense so okay so let's say somebody's like okay I'm being more aware of like the nuances of like the stuff Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking at like who I'm learning from what would you say is like some other thing that you love teaching the people or like next step for like decolonizing like your healing or shadow work practice I would say like, you know, it can feel really big. And I know we've talked about this personally, where like, it can feel really big and really daunting to be like, okay, like I want to take on like a decolonized practice. I want to like be in a space where I'm trying to heal. Um, But it doesn't have to be big, right? Like it can start really, really small. And I know we've talked about this where like, it can start with language. It can start with like not using gendered language. Um, It can just start with like examining, like, what do you want? Like, that's like a big place where I like to start with people. I'm like, what do you actually want? Like, what do you want? What do you desire? Because I think there can be this, particularly for people who have been historically marginalized, there is this space where like, you feel like you're not allowed to ask for what you want because you've been told by society, right? Like you can't have what you want. You can't have it unless you do all these things, like like suffering for money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think like really like exploring like what you desire and why right and like that can also lead to like an interesting journey of like do I actually really want this like do I really desire this and I feel like that is that can guide you into your healing because like let's say for example you really desire um we'll just keep going with money you like you really desire to have like a six-figure seven-figure business 
And then you start to feel resistance around that. Right. And you're like, Oh, like, what is it? That resistance is like where the gold is, right? Like what's the, what is the resistance telling you? Like, do you feel like it's bad to want those things? Like, do you feel like it's uh, like, you can't have those things like, and then identify like your stories around there. Um, I think a lot of times people can have like, like, Oh, like only bad people have a lot of money or like, Oh, like it'll take so much work and so much time for me to get those things. Or like, it's really selfish, like those kinds of things and trying to figure out like what your stories are around there. So like kind of, I would do, if you're into journaling listeners, um, (laughs) yeah. Like what are, what do you desire right now? Like, what's the thing you want? And it doesn't have to be like material. I'm, I am a very of the earth person. I have a lot of earth in my chart. <laughs> Shocking for some people. Um, but, uh, it could be right. Like I want more time. Like, I just want more time and space mm-hmm. to myself. And if you're like, Oh, but like, am I going to be disappointing people? Like, well, I have all these obligations. Like, are people going to think I'm bad or I don't care? Like, like, your desires can be the flashlight for what your resistance is behind your desires. Mm. And I think that's really valuable for people to do. Like if you wanted to do a little self-investigation, because I feel like a lot of times too, like naming your desires, like speaking them out loud, or even like mm-hmm. writing them down can feel really confronting. Mm-hmm. And in that is a lot of magic. Yeah. Sometimes that was a practice I tried where I would like write things down and then read it out loud. Mm-hmm. And like the way that like my voice would be like, eh, like when I would try to like read the things I'm like that's where the resistance is I'm feeling like I can't claim this I'm feeling like I can't you know so I think that's like a really powerful like thing and yeah I I totally agree and I think sometimes people confuse like resistance with like I'm not ready for it or like this is where I should stop it's too hard and I think Mm -hmm. it's flipping how you said like resistance is where all the juicy, like gooey, like magical Mm -hmm. stuff is going to be. And honestly, like what you're talking about desires, like I, I've done it from like how you're saying like big stuff, like I want more time. Like I just Mm -hmm. feel like I'm doing too much, Mm -hmm. even small stuff. Like when I started my business, I was like, okay, I need to wake up and do a nine to five Mm -hmm. still. And then it was like, wait, Mm -hmm. why is this so hard for me? And then I like wrote it down and it was like, I should do this. Like that was like a big that's like that's not coming from me it's like do I actually want this and I was like actually no right. I don't care like if I <laughs> right like, you're like I'm trying to decolonize my business like yeah. fucking nine to five <laughs> yeah like I was like that's actually why I wanted to go into business for myself so I wouldn't have to like clock in at every like the same right time. let me not recreate the thing I'm running from yeah 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 so I think like don't I think sometimes people will get like too like oh is it right is it the wrong thing like it can be something really small or it can be something really big and you're all of them are valid all of your desires yeah, are valid all of them are valid yeah it could be out of the box it can be like very obvious like either way so I love that you're like yeah it could be time like an intentional time. thing like I want this. yeah could be anything and I think like I I did a post about this recently where I was like like I feel like do a first pass and then go back and like stretch and like ask a little bit more because I think there's like this what can happen is is we like compromise Mm -hmm. because we're like okay well what's actually conceivable Mm. and like I don't care about what's conceivable right (laughs) like like, I mean we practice witchcraft don't tell me what's conceivable (laughs) so I I'm always like okay like if there were no rules like if there was and if I could like grant it to you right now like I could just snap my fingers and you get what you want like what's the thing because I think like 
we start, we start to like edit ourselves before we even get to it. Cause we don't want to be disappointed. Right. Which is a very valid fear. And like, particularly, right. Like if you have a lot of like wounding around that, or you've been let down by people in the past that are close to you, I can totally understand why you wouldn't want to, but you're not doing yourself a disservice by like half-assing what you want. Right. Like you're not going to actually, and like in just a practical sense, like again very like of the earth over here um like in a practice practical sense like you're not actually going to go after it if you don't really want it like you were talking about like the nine to five right like if you want this structure in your business you don't actually want that so you're not going to do it like you're not yeah. going to wake up at 8 45 and like clock in and then sit at your desk for eight hours like you don't want it so you're not going to do it so like what's the thing that actually feels like exciting for you to do or have um, so yeah, go do it one time, write it all down or like audio note it to yourself or whatever, and then go back and act and see how you actually feel. Cause I think a lot of times, yeah, we edit ourselves. Don't edit yourself. No one's going to see it. It's just, yeah. I love that. I like that. Like, cause it's like, if you're picking something that feels more attainable, but you don't actually want it, like you're not going to do it anyway. So it's like, better be it's better to be like let down by like doing the thing that you actually want than like settling for something that you don't really want to do and you're not going to do it anyways like yeah you don't want to be lukewarm we don't want to be lukewarm about the things we want we don't want lukewarm people like in our life we don't like want things we feel lukewarm about like don't be lukewarm about things you actually want um so yeah and give yourself some grace like it's okay it's okay if you don't know but like It's okay, and it's okay if you go too big and then you want to scale back, you know, like that's totally fine too. Like there are no rules. I think people like can get in their heads of, oh, but I have to do it correctly. There's no such thing, right? Yeah. We're not here for perfectionism. That's again, yeah. that's racism. <laughs> it's, true. Yeah. it's like even the things that we think are attainable, like those are our programs, our limitations that we were taught, like, oh, I'm never going to make more than $130,000 because I can't exceed past right. Class. like so I'm gonna set a goal that's like limits me to that it's like why like if you want to be mm-hmm. like, freaking like like billionaire like bitch boss like do, yeah, that. do like, it <laughs> yeah yeah I even said I think today it was like like I was like if you want a Maserati like I was recording a module for my like shadow work I was like if you want a Maserati put it on there I don't care like yeah. <laughs> it could be whatever you want we just need to identify the actual thing that you want like we yeah. can't we can't like don't don't like what you were saying earlier with shoulds like don't put yourself in a box of like well I should want this like who cares like should should based on who should based on like society like no Mm -mm. yeah I used to have a mentor that she would ask me like what do I want to do it was like for business mentoring and like Mm -hmm. I'd be like oh well this oh well that and like I would be like scaling back and she'd be like okay you had all the money in the world like all of that's like taken care of now what do you want And I think like that can help too. Like if you're having trouble, like getting, like feeling safe enough to say what you actually want. Like, I know people always say like, if you won the lottery, what would you do? Like, that is a great way to test a great way what your (laughs) desires are. Cause it's like, I have all the fucking money I could ever want. Right. I potentially don't have to work anymore. Like do what would I actually want to do with my time and with my life, with my money. And then you can start to see like, that's like those dream scenarios. I think like sometimes like in the quote unquote dream scenarios, you don't have to settle. You don't have to scale back. So it's like easier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And to think about, right. Like I like to think about money as the tool that gets me to the place I actually want to go and like the feelings I actually want to feel. Right. And like, for me, making more money means I can get more freedom. 
Like mm-hmm. I can have more time. I have more agency. I have more sovereignty. Um, it also means that I can like care for people that I actually want to care for and like take care of community in a way that I want to take care of community. Um, and so, you know, like, I think like, yeah, like if on your list of things is you want to make like, again, like boss, bitch, seven figures, whatever, like that's dope. And then also like, how does that feel? right like what's the feeling behind that like what what is behind it like is it because you want that much money because then you can rest finally and you're not like on the grind like because that's what you actually want right you want the like the money is the the like the avenue for you to get there um which is I think maybe like also a way to like kind of like distance yourself because I feel like right like money stuff can come up and be like very anxiety inducing but it is a way to also like re-examine your relationship with money Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Like, instead of seeing money as like the end goal, because a lot of people say that I just want to make more money. I want to have more money. It's right. like push past that. Like, why? What would you do with the money? Like, where would you put right. it? For me, it's like if I make more money, I can buy my dog the expensive CBD. Like, yes, like, honestly, <laughs> that's what we're really here for. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that, she's a large dog. That is like three, and the bottle is gone, and that's like dollars. <laughs> so funny I just as an aside listeners because obviously like Amanda and I both love our pets <laughs> we're both big pet parents um when I did a list of things I wanted to call in this year the first thing I did was say something for my cat <laughs> it was like not about me it was like oh I really want to move into a, like a different place because I really want there to be a back patio and I can build a catio so she can have like an outdoor space and then after it was like oh I really want like a 50k launch like all these things I was like I had nothing to do that was like the first thing I wanted was I was like no fizzy needs to have her stuff so that's where yeah that's where money gets us where like yeah your baby can have her fancy ass cbd (laughs) that she deserves exactly Yeah. Like, I think sometimes we get caught up and it's just like, well, I just need more money. Like, because it's like scarcity, then having not enough, like the fear around this or like past experiences of not having enough money. So it's like push past that. Like, what would you do with the money? Why is like, what is the real desire? Like you said, oh, I just want to not be able to work. I want to feel like safe, whatever it is. Like those are, and I think it makes it easier. Like I was just imagining like working to an end goal it like puts all the pressure leading up to the end goal. And if your end goal is more money, I feel like if you extend the end goal out to like that feeling or that other thing that you could buy with it, it alleviates a lot of the pressure to like get to that money. Cause it's like the money is just like on the way there. So I can totally do that. Like, cause some people get afraid of like achieving the goal. And so right. if it's like pushing past, like the goal is not the money, it's something else. Then it's like, I could still achieve the money because maybe I'm like stopping short of getting the goal or I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't, you know, I totally know what you're saying. Cause I feel like with money, it's so easy to like, to keep moving the goalposts Mm -hmm. because there's always like more numbers, right? You could always have, if you're an entrepreneur, you could always have a bigger launch, right? Mm -hmm. You could always like have more cash flow, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like you could always do that. And that can also be a cycle where you're never going to feel like it's enough. Like you can like re- re like underline the the narrative you might have of like this is like I'm never gonna get there because like it's never gonna be enough and which is of course is like also just dangerous but yeah no I know what you mean but when it comes to like the feeling right like okay well do you feel free like do you feel 
rested? Do you feel supported? Do you feel like seen and witnessed? Do you feel in community with people? That's, that is like, uh, and if you don't, you know, it might be on you. Cause like, you're like, you know, rat race on the grind trying to make more, <laughs> which we don't want for anyone. We don't want overproductivity because we're anti-capitalists here at witchy and weird. <laughs> I wish we could like put up like a, like a sign, like it would just flash on the screen, like anti-capitalist. I know like one of those like old, like neon signs. Yeah. <laughs> I want one of those. I want one for you. That's like psychic readings here. And then like those old neon signs that say that. And then one that just says anti-capitalist. Yeah. that'd be so fun yeah there's like a meme that I saw somebody post where it was like where you have all the all these skills and you don't know what to do with them and it was like nude psychic greetings and tax oh, yeah. it's like, like it's from Capitolia psychic greetings and like all this other that's so funny that's true I feel like that I have a job in the eighth house I feel like I do all the things yeah so okay so before we close is there like yes any last thing that you want to share with people last piece of advice or like um, wrapping it up or anything so I will say for like the business owners on here who um or the budding business owners maybe you've got some dope idea and you're just you know not ready yet to share we welcome your magic though we believe in you um I will say that like there can be resistance around the quote-unquote again like left brain side of business I, I say quote-unquote because I feel like I don't I'm not a neurologist. So I don't actually know if like the left side of your brain gets like, I'm, I'm, and I don't, I'm, I'm here for science. Like, I don't know, but I feel like we, we like separate things out where it's like, oh, non-creative people do this thing. And then creative people like who are art, artsy and can like actually like have a creative expression or on the quote unquote right side. But I feel like the, I like to, I've been thinking about this more like to reframe those more like structured sides of the business I have a, I'm very Saturnian so this is again maybe like very predictable of me um but I firmly believe that like the structures and the control in certain areas of your business serve your creativity because you are given a safe container that supports you to then like do the work that you want to do and then because if you're if you don't feel empowered in those spaces be it like your accounting your bookkeeping your taxes like the legal side of your business then it can, it can like that anxiety can like leak into like what you're actually trying to do, what you're actually trying to serve. So I like people to leave with the idea that like control serves your creativity. It does, it's not here to stifle it. It's just here like in support of. Yeah. So that's my little spiel. I, I've been thinking about talking more about this, doing like yeah. a Saturn day live where I talk about Saturnian things. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna do a like a Patreon episode about like mundane magic things. And I think this is it. Like this is like the oh, stuff, yeah. you know, it's like sometimes we think like everything has to be magical and we focus on like the magic part, but it's like doing those physical, like mundane things can help enhance your magic, can be part of the magic, part of the healing, like you're saying, like mm -hmm. put off one part and like it can start affecting all the other parts because your anxiety is so high. Like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, like you want, I feel like, like there's spaces for all of it, like there's space for it to serve you. And if you, my whole goal, particularly like with the legal side of things is like, with anything, I think there's shadow work inside of legal work. <laughs> but like, I feel like you should feel empowered 
in all areas of your business. And I don't even think of it as like a business anymore. Like you are the CEO of your company, whether your company is just one person and that's you, or you've got like a team of people or you're like have someone who's part-time working with you. Like you deserve to feel powerful in all of it because what you're doing is you are creating a company that is work you would be doing at least I believe like regardless of capitalism, right? Like I would serve people in this capacity, whether or not I would get paid. Unfortunately, I have to pay my rent and my bills <laughs> and like cat litter and all these things. Um, and because of that, because you are doing work that is so important that serves community, you deserve to be supported and empowered in all areas. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you get to be like a boss ass CEO, you know, like, no, we're not trying to be like, right. Of course, like the dudes that are, have their own like space programs, but like we get to feel powerful too. Yeah. Everything we, like you said, everybody has a skill and yeah. in the community, we can all serve each other. Like, I just wish like, yeah, if I didn't have to pay rent, like people could come to me for like readings and they yeah. could like fresh apples from their tree. Like, yeah, that would that'd be so great. Like a different kind of energy exchange. Right. <laughs> like I'm here for that. Like you, you are someone who's got like your own like garden and I get to like, we exchange, I help you with things. You help me with things. That would be great. Yeah. In that world. <laughs> So where can we find you? And of course I'll yeah. put all in the show notes and stuff, but like, where can we find you? What are you working on? What do you want to plug or promo? All of yeah. it. Um, oh, so I guess this will be the first, cause I know when this comes out, oh, this will be the first place where I publicly announce this maybe mm. as a new offering. Yay. Which is weird folks. VIP. VIP. So you can find me at the dot Melinda dot on Instagram. Um, I am currently like, I have a container and a shadow work container, um, for that is BIPOC only, um, is currently open. But if you listen to this and you want to sneak in there, you totally can DM me and ask, I'm open. If this is, you know, if you found it at this stage and you're like, wait, I want to get in. I'm totally open to that. I am also working on, if you are a tarot reader, an astrologer, human design, Akashic records, like basically any form of divination. Um, I'm working on an offering to help you bolster the protection around your business, like, and give you legal tools. Um, I'm working on that and that will be in February. Um, I haven't decided what I'm going to call it, but it essentially will be like you, I will, I wish there was a better word for audit, but like, I will audit your website and your booking page to let you know where you can have like more legal language to bolster mm -hmm. your protection and maybe even like edit things that you have on there. And I'll also send you a template of legal, legal language you can use on your website. That's for astrologers and tarot readers, like specifically for that niche. Um, cause I know like Google's not going to save you and like rocket lawyer and legal zoom, I don't think have things for tarot readers and astrologers. So yeah. yeah. So that is what, um, that's like a new thing that I'm going to be doing. And if you're not an, a tarot reader and astrologer and you're like, wait, I want this, I'm going to be doing these like as niches, like throughout the year. So that like, cause everyone has, I feel like in our community, we all use very similar modalities, but we do, our businesses are different. And so required to have different needs. So be on the lookout. There will be new things. I also think I might do like a money healing thing in the spring. That was an idea I had today. So again, just announced <laughs> which you and weird folks, uh, be on the lookout. Y'all gotten all of the like insider info. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I feel like all of the magical, like which people, a lot of the businesses that we have, like 
I'm going to go ahead and say like 99% of these like um, like money collection places and website building places and calendar, they, they don't support us at all. Like they literally classify us as high risk and a lot of them yeah. don't like work with us. So I think it's great that you're like, cool, come to me. Like, I'll help you. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, and I do feel like it is like in my mind, like I know like in like so, like some of my containers are very like they're high investment and this is a way that I really want for it to be like more accessible and going back to what I said earlier like it's better to have even like a little bit than to have nothing at all I think of like the legal side of your business like bubble wrap like the first layer of bubble wrap is you just have like good disclaimers everywhere. The second layer of bubble wrap is like, you've got client agreements that we can have third layer LLC, like all these things. Right. And like one layer of bubble wrap is better than none. <laughs> like if you are like a fragile piece of glass, <laughs> at least one layer is better than, one, than nothing. So I'm excited to like open up and do something that's like more niche for, for people. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Melinda, for coming on and sharing all of your amazing knowledge and your magic you. and giving us those exclusive opportunities. I know, I know. I haven't announced them. I might not even have announced them when this comes out. So <laughs> you know, people being like, hey, so that thing that you mentioned, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. I'm like, crap, I have to create a sales page. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for being here. And until next time, everyone. Bye. If you love Witchy and Weird podcasts, support us by donating monthly for as little as 99 cents at anchor.fm slash witchyandweird slash support. You can cancel at any time and 100% of the proceeds go directly to the pod. Or if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation, buy Amanda a coffee at ko-fi.com slash witchyandweird to help fuel them while they record, edit, create, and upload content for the podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your witchy and weird friends about us too. Bye!